Hello, everybody. This is In the Family Fantasy Football Podcast. And today we are starting our previews for this season. And we're going to start with the AFC North because there's a lot of juicy, spicy things in the AFC North. I'm here with Nick. Nick, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, yeah, Joe. It's good to be back. Been a little yeah, bit. Yeah, good to have you back. Get rolling. Yep. We're doing the AFC North and. Uh, we're going to keep doing divisions through this. We're going to do divisions and the teams and the players we like and the things we like. And uh, we're going to try to get through all the divisions before uh, keep going. So let's start with the Ravens, Nick. What are your thoughts on the Ravens wide receivers? We got um, Odell, we got Rashad Bateman, we got Zay Flowers. Any of them you like or are they all trash to you? Uh, I think... I don't know if I would say trash, but I think the Ravens as a whole, there's, I mean, I don't love this team from a fantasy perspective. It feels like all the parts are fairly interchangeable. All the yep. parts hurt a lot. Don't love this team in general outside of obviously Mark Andrews. And even he might, I mean, likely look good last year a couple yeah, of times. I mean, he, Andrews might even be, you know, replaceable at some point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't love most of this team outside of Andrews. Um, I I do think, I mean, J.K. Dobbins has got to be healthy for a whole season at some point, right? Yeah, that every for the last three years, people have been predicting J.K. Dobbins to bust out and be what he was supposed to be all along, and it still hasn't happened. But at some point, hopefully, it will. Hopefully, he'll get twelve to fourteen games in a season. But, uh, yeah, you know what you said with interchangeable parts. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, their their running backs all produce similarly because they get about the same amount of games due to injury. And, like, you look at their wide receivers. Yes, it is the best wide receiver room Lamar Jackson has ever had. But Odell, will he get a hamstring injury, you know? Or Bateman, will he continue getting injured? like he has the first two seasons. And Zay Flowers, like you said in the last podcast, he's small. He's he's little. He could get hurt very easily. And we could be looking at all three of them getting hurt for a significant time. So, yeah, and this... this. Go ahead. Well, I think Flowers is also a rookie, too. I, I think we have to remember, like, last year was not, like, a normal draft. Like, to have that many rookies produce in year one like I don't want to get caught up in thinking that that's an every year thing I think that was more of an aberration and we could be moving back towards it takes or takes rookie receivers you know a year or so to get kind of kind of rolling especially at the wide receiver position the wide receiver position was abundant last year and they all produced pretty well they exceeded expectations you can put it at that yeah They, they all pretty much except George Pickens exceeded expectations and um, yeah so that's not normal for wide receivers it's like you know a few exceed expectations but not the whole class like it did in 2022 so yeah we gotta we gotta put that on there and like we said at the last rookie the rookie draft we did all of these wide receivers are coming in with question marks every single one of them has a question mark Njigba is the third wide receiver on the Seahawks. Like, that's a question mark in itself. Addison is small. Flowers is small. 
every one of them you can nitpick and say there's a reason they won't succeed. So we should tamper expectations with we can't make last year the norm, definitely. But what do you think of Isaiah Likely? What is if Andrews week three gets hurt, where are you putting Likely on the board? Oh, he's he's gotta be way up there with uh how much um Lamar Jackson uses him and the nice thing is like if Lamar Jackson gets hurt the we know the backup quarterback also you know Huntley throws the tight end a lot too so I mean huge value if if Andrews gets hurt but you know that's a pretty significant roadblock to to spending a any kind of significant um draft or financial capital on a you know a backup tight end behind probably the second or third best tight end in the league yeah but in reality sports online, you know, most of the most of the leagues, you have 25 to 30 players on your team. So you can grab two or three tight ends. And to have likely as a backup for a minimum contract, maybe your league started this year and you're going into the drafts. And I would look at getting likely on a two or three year deal for because not necessarily because Andrews is going to go away but because Andrews can get hurt and he has had a surprisingly healthy career so far, which usually when you have a surprisingly healthy career, sometimes you get hurt. It's just, it's just a guarantee in the NFL. And we're looking at this team and the reason we don't like it is because injuries. Would you agree? Like injuries are the reason this team could be a lot of players to avoid. Yeah, absolutely. I hate injuries in fan in fantasy. I would rather take less production, but a guy who who stays healthy. And I do like what you said about likely. Like Mark Andrews might be the one handcuffable tight end in the league. Absolutely. You, if you, you own Andrews, injury. you can Actually, take likely. I have I have two similar production. I have two handcuffable uh, wide receivers, and or I mean tight ends, and that's Andrews with likely and Waller with Bellinger. I think. With the way Bellinger produced last year, if Bellinger, if Waller gets hurt, Bellinger will step in and do a great job. And those two young wide tight end twos, um, I would handcuff. And there's not a lot of tight ends you handcuff. That's for oh. sure. And because- let me, but, let, but what did what did Bellinger finish last year? The tight end, what? I don't remember, but it was really, really what impressed me was weeks 14 to the playoffs. He was getting touchdowns. He was getting yards. I don't know what he produced in those those weeks, but it was a top 10 finish in, the, in those weeks. He was he was a yeah. top 10 tight end for sure. I just think, I mean, at some point, handcuffing with a guy that's going to get you a you know the 12th best tight end in the league. I don't know if that's worth it. Yeah, but I, Bellinger was. You're banking on I'm some, being, I'm some being conservative increased on my value. He, he was higher than top ten. I was being conservative with my estimate. He was like, I want to say the sixth tight end from week fourteen on, but uh, he was the sixth or fifth. He was doing really well. But uh, do you think they'll run? Do you think they'll split between those two more and um, take I both of them both down? We're gonna get some run. I think there's gonna be two tight end sets. Um, judging by what they did in the wide receiver column, they didn't improve it enough unless DeAndre Hopkins goes there. They didn't improve it enough to not rely on Waller and Bellinger again. 
So Bellinger might even be, you know, a good person just to have, but he's not going to be starting on your team. But I, if I get Waller, I want Bellinger. And if I get Andrews, I want Likely. So uh, let's let's go on. Let's go to the Bengals. Bengals have some new additions. Um, they have Chase Brown at backup running back. He's a, he's a rookie. And they have Irv Smith at tight end. Irv Smith is the one I want to talk about. Nick, the thing about tight ends is every year fantasy analysts talk about like 10 to 12 sleeper tight ends who might produce because of their situation. And then we get to the actual end of the season and one or maybe at maximum two of them produced. And that's why I'm wary of tight end and I like to get a top five tight end, one of the studs, because you just can't rely on anyone but the studs. But do you think Irv Smith has a chance to be one of the studs? He's got a chance, but I feel like he's been on one of those sleeper lists for the last couple of years, and he's never really put it all together. See, that's I mean, my, you, as a Vikings fan, you saw it. I mean, the Vikings felt so good about him that they traded to get TJ Hawkinson. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, the Bengals aren't a real tight end heavy team before he got there. I mean, never happened. So... No, I'm not that high on Irv Smith. No, not, I don't, I don't him want him as a backup. I don't want him as a starting tight end. I don't think he's a sleeper. Um, he's been injured so, so much in Minnesota that they couldn't even get him on the field to produce. So they went after Hawkinson. So if he can curb his injuries, he's like a tight end too. He's a he's a tight end to 10 to 15 in, in my opinion. The maximum yeah. he could go is tight end 10. Like... And then he would yeah. be a serviceable backup. But when you get to the tight end 10, 11, and 12, especially in redraft, it's much better to just stream tight ends. When you are when you have a tight end 9 through 12, just stream your tight ends on the tight end waiver wire because there's always a tight end going up against uh, a defense that's bad on your waiver wire. And streaming tight end is something I am very in favor of if you can't get one of the studs. So just a little nugget there. And then, you know, you might find Irv Smith on the waiver wire at some point. So against a team where he could produce. All right, let's get to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Yes. Is this the season he unlocks his his full potential? Or what do you what are you predicting for Joe Burrow? Well, what do you see as his full potential? I mean, he, I he's not going to—he's not going to run for—he's not going to rush for you know seven hundred yards. No, but yeah. he, this this season he's got—he's got—you uh, know—he's got a year older Jamar Chase. He's got Higgins. He's got an upgrade, and he's still got Mixon. I mean, do you think he gets better than what we've seen, or is Joe just Joe at this point? Oh, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's he'll get a little better, um, but I think he kind of is what he is. He's not he's not Mahomes. He's a winner. He'll put up good numbers. Probably probably never be the number one fantasy quarterback. Maybe never even like a top three fantasy quarterback. But you know, if you've got him on your team, you're not going to be you're not going to be unhappy about it. No. And also with the you know he's he's not getting injured. You know, 
because you know he's pretty good at not getting hit. So yeah, um, well I shouldn't say he's not he's good he's good at not getting hit. He does get hit, but um, he's, he, he's not getting lit hit. up in the open field as a rusher. I would say he's shifty. He's he's not he's not fast. He's not a runner, but he's shifty in the pocket for sure. Yeah, but I I'm, he has a there's a. I can't remember if it was taking sacks or throwing interceptions, but he has some kind of philosophy about on third down, you hang on to the ball because, you know, you lose five yards on the, you know, before you punt, it doesn't matter. So I I think that's what he said. He doesn't care about a sack on third down. He'll hang on to the ball for longer to try to get a pass completed. Well, yeah, he's, He's a product. His, his dad is a coach. I mean, he's been around football and taught philosophies for his whole life. So, you know, he's not a he's not a simpleton when it comes to the quarterback position. And I'm sure he understands that five yards when you're punting isn't a big deal. But um, yeah, Joe Burrow, I see him as a top five quarterback in in uh, RSO. I him. I'm willing to pay. What would you be willing to pay? Your your draft starts today, and Joe Burrow's up for the block, and you don't have a quarterback. What contract would you be looking at for him? Um. So, in the league we're in together, the the top top quarterbacks are getting that you know thirty million, a little over, kind of that range. Yeah, thirty forty. Um, that's, that's that's yeah. Superflex. Let's just remind people, we play superflex. So. We have a super flex league and a double super flex league I'm in. And the double super flex is 10 teams, so it's 30 quarterbacks. So it's a little inflated. It's not a one QB system. We usually play super flex in, uh, in reality sports online. But yeah, so what I do you want put to him in the flex? Kind of the, probably kind of the mid-20s. And then if I really needed a quarterback, you know, if I was kind of in a, in a stuck spot where I have where I really need a quarterback, I'd probably go up into the high 20s. But I mean, I don't think he's going to get to, you know, a, a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, uh, a, um, a healthy Lamar Jackson. He's not going to score like that for you, I don't think. So I'd get a little nervous once I hit 30 million. Yeah, I I think um, then you probably aren't going to get Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow goes to 30 to 35 most times this year I think he's worth 30 to 35 in a super flex because maybe in a double super flex a little more but in a regular standard 12 team super flex I would be looking to pay him 28 to 35 and I would go up to 35 for him because he is a top quarterback and the way you win in super flex is you have two top quarterbacks who are producing at a top 12 ratio and you have sufficient talent and um that's what i've seen works the best you get that mahomes and something like cousins or mahomes and rogers if you can pull that off you have a great recipe for success so i'm willing to spend on the quarterbacks i know your philosophy is more mixed and equal you like you did. You did do the top two quarterbacks you, in our last league because I told you about Superflex and my philosophies on it, and you did well on that. You've got two quarterbacks, but yeah. 
you do you look at you look at the math side of um of it all basically saying can i produce more points with this this ratio or that ratio so you, yeah i understand that so you've explained that in the past but could you just explain that like how you how you look at points total points as your yeah so that's that's basically what fantasy football is can my position score more points than your position so if you if you've paid you know 35 million for joe burrow and he gets you i don't know what i i can't i don't remember what he averages 20, off the top. let's say like 20 to 25 points a game yeah something like that. so say so let's just pick a number and say he does good this year and he gets you 25 points a game um the quarterbacks that are available um in our league aren't great because everybody locked down their quarterbacks for big contracts for several years so i yeah. think it's like it's like Baker Mayfield and Jordan Love, um, you know, that kind of level guy. Yeah. Um, so if I take Jordan Love, and I don't know what he'll go for, there's not a lot of quarterbacks available, so he might be a little inflated. But, you know, something in the 15 to 20 million range, I think, would probably be competitive for him. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, there's a you know $15 million difference there. And if Jordan Love can get me... 15 to 20 points you know i'm only losing to joe burrow by five or ten points and i've got 15 million that i can go spend on a running back or or a wide receiver or even put it into a tight end like waller or kelsey yeah whereas if you've got take that 15 million and put it into kelsey and actually get kelsey love works out that love is your second quarterback or a Sam Howell or something like that. They will work out if you can get Kelsey with a top wide top QB, let's say like, you know, one of the good ones, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, something like that. And then yeah. that ratio, rather than having Burrow and someone else, would definitely work out if you get Kelsey and Kelsey gets his normal Yeah. Like, if Kelsey's beating if Kelsey's beating your Joe Burrow tight end by, you know, whatever, you know, say you've spent 35 on Joe Burrow, so you start Irv Smith Jr. as your tight end. Yep. You know, and Kelsey beats him by 15 points. You know, you've come out ahead with Joe Burrow and Irv Smith scoring you 30 to 35 and the uh, Jordan Love-Travis Kelsey, you know, combination also scoring you that. You've, you've, managed to equal out that point number and you've spread the points between two guys and and the contracts between two guys with jordan love you don't know what you're getting what if what if he rushes well and is getting 20 points a game because of rushing touchdowns and maybe taking a little away from aaron jones and aj Dillon? and what if he's you know going downfield to christian watson well and he surpasses expectations if you take a risk on one of these quarterbacks like sam howell uh, Jordan Love. Um, there's there's a few others out there. Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett. We'll talk about him later. You can take a risk on him. He you can he can spend you spend less on him, and you save roughly twenty five million getting Kenny Pickett. Think of what you can do with that. And that's why Reality Sports Online, the best Reality Sports Online people, um, understand math and understand points like you were talking about this is just a little tangent we're going on but yeah you have to get the math down in order to really understand if your team can succeed or not 
And that's why uh, on this this uh, podcast, we've got a mechanical engineer and just a straight up genius, Nick. Uh, you you are a genius in my level. I I don't I know what your idea is. Strong, you but... Are you genius level IQ? I have no idea. You should take an it. IQ test because I guarantee you are because Zendaya is a genius level IQ. So you should take an IQ test so we can brag that you're we have a genius on here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh. But yeah, the uh, oh the other player I really like on the the Bengals, uh, Bengals and the, and this is more for redraft leagues than than RSO, but Joe Mixon has been one of my favorite running backs for a while now because um, kind of going back to the handcuff thing, he's very handcuffable. The Bengals run one running back, even when he gets hurt, they don't go to committee. Yeah, um, I like Chase Brown a lot, who I assume is now his handcuff. He is um, the running back too. Yep, and uh, and uh, I like Chase Brown going forward too. When as Mixon gets older, they're going to move on from him, and I think Chase Brown is going to be the guy. Really like running back that had big production in college and then went to the combine and tested higher than people thought they would. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of a, a a cheaper kind of a sleeper guy to take a look at, especially if you own Joe Mixon. Yep. So Mixon and Brown should go together. And there's two philosophies in that, in redraft and in RSO. You could take Joe Mixon and Chase Brown, or you could take Joe Mixon and Gus Edwards and bank that Dobbins gets hurt. And then instead of, we like to do it the safe route, but the risky route is getting as many RB1s as you can and getting the A.J. Dillons, um, the David Montgomery's, and the Gus Edwards, along with others. So then you're risking that they'll get hurt and your guys won't. And at some point you could have like six RB1s and then trade them away and try to win a win a league like that. And I've heard people who do that, that, uh, that scenario or that try, but it can explode in your face. It's risk. It's, it's gambling. And so if you think you've got a good backup, um, I like to do it with the same team because it's more of a consistent starting lineup. But at the same time, you can win big or you can lose big in the, in the alternate theory. So, what you, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. We know Jamar Chase is a wide receiver one. He's going to continue to produce. What do you think of T. Higgins this year? And what do you think of a long-term contract for T. Higgins since this is his last year probably in Cincinnati? Uh, I would probably, I mean, I don't, I just feel like a lot of wide receivers switch teams and don't, that I feel like there aren't a lot of receivers that can switch systems and continue the same level of production or increase their level of production. Even um, though Key Higgins is a wide receiver too, and where he goes, he's probably going to be a wide receiver one. Does that factor in at all? Not really, because I mean, where? I mean, how good do we think he is? Is he gonna go? I mean, what what teams would would want him? Would go after him? I yeah, don't so know. like he goes to the like you know who are some teams that just sort of sticking in this division? Let's say he went to the Browns, who need wide receivers. Like, yeah, he's is he better he's than still, yeah, aging Amari be Cooper? Probably. Players. Is he a lot better than Amari Cooper? Probably not. You know, so that, that's the thing. Do we think he's a really good player that's just blocked by Jamar Chase 
I don't know. I think he's a, I think he's a solid wide receiver two and maybe a low end one. And I think he'll continue to be a wide receiver two, maybe a low end one, kind of wherever he goes. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a lot of people high on Higgins, Higgins getting him a long term contracts because then they're risking that he goes somewhere and does something next year. But yeah, that's true. Is he really better than Amari Cooper? Is he going to produce in most areas? And I'd say there are, you know, 12 to 15 wide receivers who are significantly better than him. I think there's more than If he doesn't have good quarterback production. Because the quarterback makes the wide receiver. The wide receiver usually doesn't make the quarterback. But um, it happens sometimes where the wide receiver is just so big, so dominant, so so good at catching the ball that he makes his wide receiver better, or his quarterback better. But yeah, yeah. So let's go to the Browns. We've, yeah, we've I'd be more interested in Taj Boyd, honestly. If, if Higgins moves on and Boyd gets to that wide receiver two spot consistently, I'd be more interested in Boyd than Higgins. Yeah. Okay. Because he's a late round sleeper. But, uh, yeah. yeah, we've talked about the Bengals. We like them overall. We like the QBs. We like the running backs. The wide receivers are elite. Um, the Browns, though. Lots of question marks on the Browns. Lots of potential sleepers. Uh, let's start with the quarterback. Let's start with Deshaun Watson. Where do you see him this year? If you can get him for cheap, do it. I would be real scared of paying a lot for him. Oh, yeah, you're not going to – even if he is the quarterback eight in your league, you can't pay him as much as you can pay a single season Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers. Or, and, you know, I talk about Kirk Cousins a lot, guys. He is not as bad as the media portrays him, not because I'm a Vikings fan, but because he's top five in most categories, like touchdowns and all these things. He's a good – good quarterback that continues to be vilified by the media at least in regular season and remember we don't care about the playoffs we are this is fantasy football we care about the regular season production and he gets it done if you want to say he's not a great quarterback in the playoffs sure but it definitely wasn't his fault last year they lost to the giants and you look back at those games they lost it's not really just his fault so that's my plug for Kirk Cousins. But, uh, yeah, Deshaun Watson, I'd say in a contract, in a reality sports online, you want to pay him 20 to 25. For a one-year or two-year deal, you don't want to go over that. Do you agree on that? I agree. I'd say that. And and I, and I I would hope, and if I'm doing that, I'm hoping that they at least get into training camp before your draft and you hear some positive things coming out of training camp. Yeah. Absolutely. You want to you want to wait. You want to wait on him, and you want to find out the information because he is elite. He he can throw the ball better than most. But uh, let's get to the run because this year's running backs. Last year they had Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson backing up Chubb. This year they have Jerome Ford as their only backup to Chubb. Really, right now, what yeah, are I- you projecting for Chubb? Is there? I, I love Nick Chubb for this year. If he, I mean, he's on my, he's my on my short list of, of running. But if I'm trying to win a championship this year, he's way up there. Yeah, in redraft, uh, you go out and get Nick Chubb. You you 
you pay over his ADP. I feel like he is he is a top five running back right now. I don't think Jerome Ford is going to steal nearly as much as Kareem Hunt did. And I think Ford is just insurance for when Chubb goes out. And they are looking... I wouldn't be surprised if Browns are looking to take the tires off of Nick Chubb. Just trying to get him... Keep him healthy, but use him as much as they possibly can as a running back. Yep. They've got... I think he's under contract for two more years, but he's, his dead cap number in 2020... In, in this Next year, he's, he's a Brown. Then the year after that, his dead cap number is like... Four million, so he's very cuttable if he doesn't start. Yeah, to, you know, if yeah. he slips yeah. a little bit, or I think next year, yeah, this year, next year, I think his dead cap number is four if they cut him. So and they can so cut it next few. year if he doesn't look. If he doesn't look like Nick Chubb this year, he might be gone next year. So yep. he wants so one more contract. Gotta go. There's so few bell cow running backs that this is a potential bell cow, and this is someone you want to spend. Like, I, I think he's this year's Saquon Barkley. Like, last year, Saquon Barkley was going in the 20s and 30s in redraft. And uh, I was I was always getting it redraft leagues because I just, I, I really believe that he was a first-round potential. And he is. He is when he's healthy. And Chubb has always been semi-healthy. He gets hurt sometimes. But uh, Chubb is like a bell cow like Saquon, like McCaffrey was at Carolina. Like, he could have that type of season, and now he's going to be catching passes if he's able to do that. So, yeah. I mean, he, had mon- he had monster games when Kareem Hunt was out with injuries. Oh, so. yeah. When Kareem Hunt is out, we, we you should go back and look at those games. I'm sure he outproduced most running backs. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, wide receivers, we've got Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples Jones. Is there any of those that wow you if Watson nope. produces? Nope. I like um actually I like Cedric Tillman a lot coming in. I don't know if he's gonna do a lot this year, but in the long term I think he's somebody to take a look at. Yeah, absolutely. Forgot about Tillman. Tillman's there, so yeah. well I think he's I think, I think he's better he's than listed as like their fourth wide receiver right now. right now, but I think he can jump some of those uh, like a Peoples Jones. Yeah, I think he's better than Peoples-Jones off the bat. Peoples-Jones will go to uh, special teams. He's good at that. He's been very successful at that. He'll be the wide receiver four. I think Tillman goes up. Um, I like Amari Cooper. I think wherever Deshaun Watson goes, he has his DeAndre Hopkins-type player. He, he turned Brandon Cooks into his DeAndre Hopkins-type player. So I think he's going to focus on... Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore is someone who is a wild card. He can produce. We've seen him produce at the Jets. Um, if Cooper's hurt, he's an excellent piece to get on your team. But I just think it's Cooper's receiver one to lose. And uh, I could yeah. see him going real well this year, going going big. Um, he could be a great producer and just a great um, great wide receiver overall. He could be wide receiver one territory if Watson stays healthy. Watson becomes Deshaun Watson again, but that's a big if. So uh, it's a risk you got to calculate and look to take. 
Anybody else on the Browns who you you think David Njoku? What do you what do you what do you expect for him out of the tight end season? Well, I think he had his breakout year last year. You're not going to get a deal on him anymore. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a starting tight end. It's yep. And he, he showed it last year. Probably where he's getting, that's probably where he's getting snapped up now as a, you know, a sort of a mid-level tight end one. Absolutely. Yep. He's not, he's not cheap anymore. So, uh, yeah. And some people are saying he might rush the ball. That's what I heard. I've heard reports that pick up some Hunt's carries. He's what? Pick up some of Kareem Hunt's carries. Yeah, he's gonna. They're thinking like goal line and like things like that, where they don't want Chubb to get injured. They might give Ninjoku some chance to run the ball, which would up his value significantly as a tight end. So because if Ninjoku is getting three to five carries a uh, uh, a game that makes him stud tight end level. Like if he if he produces a little better than last year, along with three to five carries, getting like let's say ten yards and a couple touchdowns. A couple touchdowns means a lot to the tight end position. Yeah. So, I don't even think I think one to three carries a game makes a huge difference for him. Oh absolutely. I'm just I'm just being an optimist as I usually am. Yeah. So <laughs> All right, let's go to the Steelers. Steelers, I wanted to say for last because they are such wild cards at every position. Steelers, they have great coaching. Their coach has done well uh, for a lot of years. But uh, let's start with the quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Where do you see him this year? He's done rookie contracts mostly in reality sports online. But let's go with redraft. Where where do you have him ranked in redraft? For immediate um, in a, I think he's a, I think he's a bottom third quarterback. If okay. you have him RSO and you've got him on a rookie contract, you're happy. Yep. But if if you take away the contract piece of it, I think he's a bottom third quarterback. He's a he's maybe a backup if you think he's going to get you know quite a bit better. Otherwise, he's a leave him on the on the on waivers and pick him up if you need somebody for a week. And he's got a yeah. good matchup. Yeah. I think in redraft, he is a waivers quarterback starting off. However, I really, it's not that I believe in Kenny Pickett. It's that I really believe in Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. And with Allen Robinson as a third wide receiver, I think no matter what, they are going to have options that can elevate Pickett's status. Even though Pickett isn't the greatest quarterback and might never be the greatest quarterback. He is a serviceable quarterback who will be made better with a year two George Pickens, a Deontay Johnson, who I think is a solid wide receiver, Allen Robinson, and now they have Darnell Washington and they have Pat Fryermuth. So maybe that doesn't elevate Pat Fryermuth's uh, overall production, but it helps Kenny Pickett to get a big guy like Washington who he can pick up a, a first down with every now and then or um but i just love the weapons on the steelers to elevate Pickett, and i've got a bold prediction for you you want to hear it? hear it oh absolutely kenny pickett is a top 18 quarterback at the end of the season in redraft and is a serviceable qb2 
in Superflex. He's going to have massive games. And I think the Steelers are finally going to adapt not to running the ball constantly. I think they've shown that they have the wide receivers. I don't think Najee and Jalen Warren are really going to hold up to the constant running of the ball. And they're going to start changing their philosophy a little bit more because they have to. Not because... Uh, their coach wants to, but because they have to, because their talent uh, forces them to. And so Pickett is going to be throwing the ball more, and he is going to be a top 18. Really, he might be a top half QB. He might be top 16 in the league. I think he's getting into his second year. He's he's going to be better than his first year. And I just see him kind of soaring more than people think. Obviously, it's not huge to be top 16. That's kind of like Carson Wentz territory at Indianapolis Colts. But still, that's way more than anyone thinks. Like, you're saying bottom third. Everyone's saying bottom third. And no one is giving him really a chance. But I like Kenny Pickett. If he's on a rookie deal in RSO, go scoop him up and hope for the best. Because what do you have to lose? His rookie contract, I'm sure isn't more than $5 million. And in a super flex league, that is a great QB3, QB4 who could produce and could come in in injuries. So I like Kenny Pickett mostly because he's on a rookie deal, like you said. So uh, let's go with running backs. What do you think of Najee this year? I like I like Najee. I think, I think he's getting undervalued now after last year was kind of a rough year. But they're going to have a quarterback in his second year, more familiarity with the system, can maybe push the ball down the field, get a get a few more guys out of the box. And there's not it's not like he's got an elite guy, you know, beating down the door to take his carries. I mean, Jalen Warren's not bad, but he's not great either. And I think if Never the Steelers were really worried about him, they would have gone out and got a running back this year. Nick, you know? would, you, would you handcuff Najee with Jalen Warren, or would you go out and get a – somebody like a David Montgomery do you think he's even handcuffable or would you go out and try to get a Gus Edwards or um one of the better I probably would I probably would just because he's Jalen Warren has been so easy to get the last couple of years yeah like he's gonna be cheap and he's or he's gonna cost you almost nothing in draft capital whether it's a redraft league or RSO like He's cheap as dirt, and the Steelers kind of like the Bengals. They're they're a one they're a one running back system for the most part. Yeah, they produce the cows very often. Um, yeah, so Jalen Warren, you can go out and get him if you have Najee. But would you would you have Jalen Warren if you don't have Najee? Fried. Um, I mean, maybe you know, like it's kind of like you said earlier about get, I I'm. A much bigger fan of handcuff of filling up my roster with handcuff running backs that are a potential lottery ticket that can be a guy that, that's going to really help you go win a championship instead of picking up you know guys that are in um, committees or wide receivers that are like the third option on their team and you know guys that are going to get you five points a week or ten points a week like is that really helping you win? Yeah. Rather than yeah. getting a guy who's getting you one point a week, but if somebody goes down, is suddenly going to be up in that 
15 point range. Yep. Those are the guys that I'm much more interested in than those guys that are getting you five points a week. Like that's that's not doing anything for you. And that's why backup running backs are so important in redraft and RSO because you know there's going to be 10 to 15 running backs who get significant injuries every year, and that's a minimum 10 to 15 running backs um, who are playing significant minutes who are going to get hurt. So yeah. It, it happens. Like you look at what happened when Brees Hall went down, and um, it happens every year with running backs. They are they are getting abused in the system. And um, but what do you think of Darnell Washington in his first year, or just on a rookie contract? What do you think of Darnell? I'm not interested. I know you like him. I know Hunter likes him. I think he's the next. I think he's the next coming of Mercedes Lewis. I think Okay. I think he will help the Steelers win. I don't think he will help your fantasy football team win. See, that's what I'm concerned with because he is such a great blocker. He is he is no matter what he does, he's going to be known as a blocker. He's he's built like a like a offensive tackle who's just a little slimmer and way faster and more athletic than most offensive tackles. So yeah. I think he could get into the system and they just might not use him much with Pat Fryermuth being such an excellent catcher of the football. Um, they might do two 10-9 sets. They might both go out for passes, but I don't think, it, especially in his first year, he's really going to be the asset you want. But on a, on a rookie contract, I mean, monitor him, watch him, see if he does well this year. And then go out and trade for him if you think he's got potential. And do it before, I'd say, week 12 or 13. Um, because that's when rookie tight ends start to blossom. But if he has a little potential before then, uh, go out and try to get him cheap. Because he's a rookie. And the number one thing you can take advantage of, of any in any fantasy football RSO league, in my opinion, is impatience. Because... There are so many people who are impatient. As soon as a guy goes down, um, they're willing to trade him for cheap. As soon as, and then you've got, you know, maybe he's on a three-year contract and you've got two years of good years from a healthy stud that you traded cheap for because he was out for the rest of the season. And that's a good way to rebuild. That's a good way to rebuild quickly. Um, But what do you think of Allen Robinson? Is he washed up, old dirt? I think so. Unfortunately, I loved him in Jacksonville, loved him in Chicago, but yeah, I think he's starting to. I mean, he he's still a solid third receiver. Yeah, he's a nice big target, big safety blanket for uh, for a young quarterback to have. But in terms of of fantasy, getting back to where he's a you know a wide receiver one or even a wide receiver two, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm calling him dirt at this point. He's getting old. He's uh, he could produce if Pickens or Johnson go down, but. What do you think of Deontay Johnson? I've got another bold prediction for Deontay Johnson. You want to hear it? Yep. Seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns. He had no touchdowns last year. He will get seven to nine touchdowns this year. And that goes in line with my Kenny Pickett being a better quarterback because Deontay is going to take the load and be a wide receiver, high-end wide receiver two, top wide receiver one. And I believe in Deontay and I believe in Pickens taking uh, pressure off of Deontay. 
And so I'm looking for a big year from Deontay Johnson. You got any bold predictions for this team? I'm not sure that, that that's that bold of a prediction. Well, he had no no touchdowns last year. Yeah, but I mean, he's that that's not going to keep going. He's a, I mean, he's a, I like him a lot. I think probably the most, in my opinion, the most undervalued fantasy wide receiver in the in the league. Um, yeah, yeah. He was still productive last year with no touchdowns. Like you weren't like thrilled about having him on your team, but he wasn't a he wasn't a complete disaster. Well, I tried to be bold, but you know me, I'm a conservative. North Dakota. So. <laughs> but yeah, I so yeah, I, I would say yeah, he should I would be surprised if he didn't get a touchdown, you know, a little under every other game. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's a guy you can trade for. I, I mean him and Pickens are very tradable at this point, very trade for. They're guys you yeah. can go out and get and be I mean, either one of them can be your wide receiver two or wide receiver three. And I don't yeah. know. There's no guarantee that Deontay Johnson outperforms Pickens at this point. If Pickens comes in and he's just a lot better, a lot more healthy, it's possible we're talking next year at this time as George Pickens, wide receiver one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, but I feel like this happens every year where it comes in and there's somebody that people are saying is like happened with chase claypool like it happens every year that they're like well this year deontay johnson's gonna slide down and he's not gonna be that good and the young guy's gonna pass him and be better than he is and every year he just goes out and he produces yep yep it's agreed i mean chase claypool didn't have the work ethic they're saying people he he didn't have the desire to be good but i don't know about that i just think he might not have been as good and uh now he's in Chicago. He's fighting Darnell Mooney for the wide receiver two spot. But uh, yeah, I like Pickens, but I like Deontay Johnson. I see them as a 1A and 1B. I don't see them, and I see Deontay as the 1A. So I think they're going to, I think the coaches are going to realize week four or five that passing the ball um, is better with these wide receivers and these elite talent. And they'll have a bit of a Seattle Seahawks feel to them with Russell Wilson, just to a lesser extent, where they're running the ball a lot, but the wide receivers are still producing. Yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah. Steelers uh, as a poor man, Seattle Seahawks. Yep, yep. And as we've seen, uh, Russell Wilson really did depend a lot on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, that, or potentially it looked like that last year. So we'll see. If... I think he depended on um, Pete Carroll as much as I hate to say it. Yeah, I'm he a fan of Pete Carroll from USC days, but that man has done a lot with a lot of quarterbacks that haven't done anything anywhere else. Whether oh, was... no kidding! Look what he did at USC. He had, you know, he made Carson Palmer. Elite. He made Matt Castle one season of Matt Castle starting. He wins John David Booty for you Vikings fans. Yeah, he he has done a lot with a lot of of pedestrian quarterbacks who just really turned out to be average everywhere else. So Pete Carroll might be a quarterback whisperer. He might be a whispering sweet nothings, making them believe. So you got anything over the AFC North? Who's your quarterback one? Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson. I think it's 
I think it's Joe Burrow just because of the I'm, I'm scared of the Lamar Jackson injury history. I'm, I'm and scared now of Lamar with, Jackson and I'm scared of Deshaun Watson. So safety says Joe Burrow. Um, also, you know, it's possible Lamar Jackson. But um, who's your sleeper? The best sleeper in the AFC North. I'm going to say, and it's it's not really that deep of a sleeper, but I'm going to say Najee Harris because I think he's going to get back to that, that you know, low-end RB1, high-end RB2 range. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he's being really viewed as at, that. At ADP, he's a sleeper right now. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So mine is Zay Flowers. I think Odell is going to get hurt. Bateman is not going to be consistent. And Zay Flowers is going to get peppered with targets with Andrews. It's going to be Flowers and Andrews once Odell and Bateman go down. Um, if Bateman doesn't go down, that's going to blow up in my face. But I think those two are just too inconsistent. And Zay Flowers is going to have some games. But um, there's others. So where would you want Zay Flowers? You want him as your wide receiver? I mean, I'm... I don't think you're thinking he's getting to RB. No, no, no. Wide. I want him as a wide receiver three or a flex. I okay. want him. I want him as a good flex at the end of the season. I don't think in the first eight weeks he's really going to be much, but by playoff time, you're going to want him as a flex. That's my prediction. All right. Not as a you know, players don't always produce at wide receiver one levels, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I- Another one I could see being a sleeper is Elijah Moore. He's produced before. He produced in his rookie season. I think if Cooper goes down, Watson could make more a great great wide receiver um, to have on your team. But, you know, that's the thing. All these sleepers, all these players depend on injuries. And injuries happen every season. And you need to account for injuries. Right, Nick? There's so many... Two of the 17 games. Season. So many fantasy ath- analysts who sit around and say, "Oh, you can't account for any any sort of disaster because disasters don't happen." Uh, you no, in fantasy you have to predict a disaster and what you're going to do when that disaster so, happens. So about that's what fantasy is all about is is managing your uh, managing your injuries and insulating yes. your from as many of them as you can because injuries will happen injuries do happen and uh, you have to have a replacement that's why we go with the safety approach when we have Joe Mixon we want his backup Chase Brown we want his backup so we have an immediate replacement and we're looking at uh, running back twos and running back ones who have good backups so uh, yeah that's just a little plug there for predict the worst and continue to prepare for it because you know so many fantasy assets analysts say you can't uh, do anything with injuries before the season but you have to just act like everyone's going to be fully healthy all year and I do not think that you have to say well this is J.K. Dobbins I need a backup plan for J.K. Dobbins so this is Odell Beckham, and he might get hurt. So what am I going to do when Odell Beckham gets hurt? Uh, what strategy do I have? So depth is key, but also replacements are key on the same team. So AFC North, what are you what are you what are you predicting? Is this a good fantasy uh, place to look, or what's your overall theme on AFC North? 
Oh, I think I think it's the Bengals and a lot of question marks. I think it's one of the worst fantasy divisions in football. I mean, one of the yeah. you know a pretty solid actual football division, but for fantasy, not not very good at all. So many question marks. Every single team is a majority question marks. So. Yeah, I agree. Like, Bengals are not really question. There's not much question marks on them, but every other team, they're wild cards. You do not know, certainly, if they're going to produce. Because even Andrews, what if likely um, improves in year two and takes a chunk, maybe two or three touchdowns away from Andrews and three or two, 200 more yards away from Andrews? Like, that's going to completely change his value. So, yeah, the margins are pretty thin at tight end. Yes, yes. So the difference between four took and away ten. from his value last year. A lot. a lot of people were predicting Andrews to be better than Kelsey, but likely came in and took away his value. So if he keeps eating at his value, it might be good to sell Andrews right now and take take Andrews out of the equation because if likely by year two and year three is um, co-owning the tight end position with him something to be alarmed about all right so that's the show this is in the family fantasy football podcast nick you got any closing remark no it's good to get this sort of revving up and moving towards the the start of fantasy um season we're gonna Um, do another show uh this show is dropping monday morning and then i'm gonna try to get a show to drop uh thursday or Saturday, and we're going to be doing the NFC North. So we do the AFC North, the NFC North, and uh, Hunter should be on for that, and uh, we'll get that done. So uh, be, be, be studying the NFC North and be seeing who you like as sleepers and who you like as... And we will be here to give you all the information that you need for fantasy football in Reality Sports Online, Redraft, Really, we have universal advice, but we always keep it reality sports online based because that's our favorite platform. And we do this for free. We do this for fun. So uh, good. Good talking to you all. Um, Hope you enjoy the show and we will see you again next week.